recorded live. Hello, uh, this is Mike again. Nothing but the truth on this journey to find it, and I'm finding the Word of God. And I'm with uh, my friend and brother in Christ, Larry Phillips, and, and we're going to continue on our study here of uh, Romans. We should be on part 15 already. So, but before we get started, I'm going to read a psalm. This is Psalm 94. O Lord, to whom vengeance belongeth, O God, to whom vengeance belongeth, show thyself. Lift up thyself, thou judge of the earth. Render a reward to the proud. Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked triumph? How long shall they utter and speak hard things? All the workers of iniquity boast themselves. They break the pieces they break in pieces thy people, O Lord, and afflict thine heritage. They slay the widow and the stranger and murder the fatherless. Uh, yet they say, Lord shall not see, neither shall the God of Jacob regard it. Understand, ye brutish among the people, ye fools, when will ye be wise? He that planteth the ear shall he not hear. He that formed the eye shall he not see. He that chastiseth the heathen shall not he correct. He that teacheth man knowledge shall not he know. The Lord knoweth the thoughts of man, that they are vanity. Blessed is the man whom thou chastenest. O Lord, teachest him out of thy law, that thou mayest give him rest from the days of adversity. Until the pit be digged for the wicked. For the Lord will not cast off his people, neither will he forsake his inheritance, but judgment shall return unto righteousness, and all the upright in the heart shall follow it. Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Or who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Unless the Lord has been my help, my soul had almost dwelt in silence. When I said my foot slipped, Thy mercy, O Lord, help me up. In the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. Shall the throne of iniquity have fellowship with thee, which uh, frameth mischief by law? They gather themselves together against the soul of righteous, the righteous and condemn the innocent blood. But the Lord is my defense, my God is the rock of my refuge. He shall bring upon their bring upon them their own iniquity, and shall cut them off in their wickedness. Yea, the Lord our God shall cut them off. Now, I know I read that yesterday, but I like that psalm, and it means something to me apparently. And I read it again. Now, um, I certainly can relate to this psalm, and, and I can say. With all the things I've gone through, what is keeping me going is 
my God, and his truth, and his word. And um, I guess if there's nothing else that anybody will get out of this, at this one important message, that the best medicine a man can get and have in his life on a daily basis is the word of God. So with that, we'll now get into the study. Larry, thank you for allowing me to do that again. Uh, well, thank you. <clears throat> we are now on chapter 15. And um, it's been a busy day for you and I. and, uh, and our, um, But here we are. So once again, um, yeah, let's go into it. It's uh, chapter 15. Excuse me. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak, not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please our neighbor, let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. For Whatsoever thing were written, aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Good place to stop. Um, and uh, certainly, this, you know, one of the things I've been focusing on quite a bit was this election, pre election, and predetermination here in. Uh, says what for whatsoever thing were written aforetime were written for our learning that, that through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have uh, might have fit hope excuse me so yeah for, for what I'm discovering is this is the case which is really interesting because growing up and being a Mormon and just to be a man of the world and all the other messages that have, this was never really pushed, this whole idea about, you know, how things are really, you know, predetermined and that, and that, uh, and that the scriptures are there to help us to develop the patience and comfort that's needed to go through the trials and tribulations of this life. And um, not only that, but to think about uh, as who we are really supposed to be as followers of Christ it seems here to be one of the more important, one of the most important things is, is that uh, we need to be there for other people and their infirmities and their weakness and their times of trouble. And uh, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think you're absolutely right. <clears throat> I think this basically bears witness to what you said before we even started the Bible study. <laughs> you know how much comfort you've got from the scriptures you 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 acquaint. Um, compared it to the best medicine there was. And, uh, you know, also there's a lot there's a lot of discussion around a term that really is uh, kind of a, has to be, has to be uh, explained, imputed righteousness. And that's what we're, we're, we're seeing it explained in verse 3 what imputed righteousness is. Even Christ pleased not itself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. 
there was something <laughs> that it's interesting he uses the word reproaches. Um, you know, and you can look up the word reproaches, and that's anything that goes against another person. <clears throat> and this is what happened is that we had all of these reproaches that reproached God the Father. You know, we, them, it says them, but that's us, and all these reproaches. And it was a reproachful to God the Father. And it fell on Christ. And so when Christ, when God looks at Christ, he sees, you know, all of those, he was our sin bearer, and it fell on Christ. And that's why we're no longer a reproach unto God the Father. <clears throat> you know, and that's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. And, and it's, it's a hard thing to understand completely. It really is. Yeah. What comes down to this, uh, another thing, there's no way to have faith without the Word of God. Right. I, 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 I mean, Scripture tells us, bears us in order to develop faith. I mean, maybe I'm saying it wrong, but um, in order to have faith in a true living God, you have to know His Word. You have to hear His Word so that faith may grow. If faith you don't, comes, now, that's it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You know, now, yeah. I know that there's a whole group of people out there that say that that is not that is not specifically speaking of the Bible there, you know, that is speaking of, you know, God's word, his spoken word. And I have to, I have to disagree with those people. I love them and so on, but I think it includes his written word, not just his spoken word. You know, and so, because, look, God doesn't speak to everybody in a in a spoken fashion. He doesn't come to you or me and say, "Hey, here's my word." Okay. Um, it says, "How could they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless one be sent?" Okay. Now, I get chastised a lot. People say, "Oh, you you're preaching gospel regeneration. You're 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 preaching gospel." You know, in other words, you, a person can't be saved unless they have the Bible. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that God can save whoever he wants to, whenever he wants to, however he wants to. <clears throat> you know, the key is however he wants to. <laughs> okay, and he has chosen some ways to do that. <clears throat> and um, But anyway, that's another discussion. But, you know, that's why that when you say you can't have faith without the Word of God... You know, some people say, well, the Holy Spirit, you know, speaks to people, God's Word, and so on. But here's one thing I can guarantee you. Uh, God, through the Holy Spirit, never speaks anything that goes against his written Word either. So if somebody comes to you, and you know, we've talked about this before. If somebody comes to you and says, you know, uh, God is... Uh, told me this and this and this and it's it doesn't line up with the Bible there and that's not God. <laughs> so No, it's not. The vain imagination at best of that person it, it yeah. may be even worse. 
So, yeah, we do need the Word of God. And there is something that does happen. I think that just by being in the Word of God, it does strengthen a man. Well, I can only say for myself. And um, But why is that? It's going to go back to God. So it's not because Mike Adams is doing anything. It's just uh, just to open up his Word of God. And, and as time goes on, you know, one realizes that this is the greatest source of uh, the medicine that I have and comfort and patience and all this, the infirmities and the weaknesses and the, my problems, you know. Sure. That uh, you know, yeah, the the medicine will help a little bit to relieve the pain, but you know, something about the Word of God allows a man no longer to focus so much on themselves. You're focusing back on that which which is important, which is God. Um, okay, so. Five. Um, now, the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one towards another according to Christ Jesus, that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive ye one another as Christ also received us, to the glory of God. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God and to confirm the promises made unto the fathers and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy as it is written. For this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thee and, and sing unto thy name. And again he saith, Rejoice, ye Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and loud him, all ye people. And again he saith, saith there shall be a root of Jesse, and he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles trust. Comment. Yes. A comment on that. Good. I'm glad. <clears throat> a couple things really important in this um, these last few verses. The one thing that's quite significant is you don't often see, in the eighth verse, you don't often see Jesus Christ uh, here we go again. <laughs> you just, you just, uh, I'll, uh, I'll yeah. mute myself. Go ahead. We don't often see Jesus Christ listed as a minister of the circumcision. But here we see that he is described as a circumcision, a minister of the circumcision. And so he was a minister of the Jews. And it says why he was considered a minister of the Jews with the truth of God to conform, confirm the promises made unto the fathers. So there were certain promises made to the Jewish fathers, and Jesus Christ was made a minister of the circumcision to establish this truth of God through those uh, promises made unto the fathers. Um, the next thing that's really important is it talks about how the Gentiles were going to be brought in. And in Isaiah... It says, there shall be a root of Jesse, 
and that shall rise up to reign over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles trust. And it's not speaking of David there. A lot of people say, well, that was David the king, Jesse, and so on. But it's speaking of Christ. But if you go back to the parallel passage, are you back with us yet, um, Michael? Anyway, uh, in Isaiah 11.10, it says, And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek, and rest shall be his rest shall be glorious. And so we see here that this is the, you know, in Romans fifteen twelve, where he's referring to Isaiah, he's referring to the passage in Isaiah eleven ten. He's going right back to that prophecy that there shall be a root of Jesse, and it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. So, what a beautiful, what a beautiful thing! Yeah, I wish I could have listened to that, but <laughs> yeah, I had my my uh, my son's mother called. So, yeah, basically, what I was just saying is that um, there's two things that we pointed out. It's not often that Jesus Christ is referred to oh, uh, as a, as a minister of the uh, Jews, and uh, that's referred to in eight the 8th verse. Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision. And then, of course, it's reaffirmed again in verse 12. And he's referring back to Isaiah 11.10. And uh, so we find that uh, the prophets, you know, Isaiah's, we're going to do a study on Isaiah after we finish Romans, I think we've decided to do that. But uh, you're going to see all the way through Isaiah, this uh, he alludes often to the Gentiles that the Christ, you know, the he's going to send a light unto the Gentiles and so on. <clears throat> and so here we have come full circle. We see now that Jesus Christ is in his ministry and. Um, you know, now we have Paul in the book of Romans, you know, describing what happened, you know, during Christ's ministry. And he says, you know, and, and, and it's really interesting because when the Gentiles were introduced to the gospel, uh, they were very, very delighted. They received it with, you know, they were so happy that this was also for them. And in the ninth verse, it says, The Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As is written, For this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles, and sing unto thy name. And again, he says, Rejoice, ye Gentiles, with his people. In other words, rejoice, ye Gentiles, with the Jews. <laughs> because his, it had been the Jews in the past, and now it's the Gentiles. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people. And so... It's probably going over to uh, across the street, Mark. We got all these interruptions today. We got UPS here, <laughs> and uh, so I'm hoping it's they're going to my neighbors and not coming here. I'm not expecting anything from UPS. Okay. Um, anyway, so that's the proclamation is, you know, twofold, not just to the Jew but also to the Gentile. Yes. 
Praise the Lord. And thank goodness there's some hope in all this. So yes. give it to us. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, 13. Uh, and now, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And I find that fascinating because um, there is a manifestation, if you will, of uh, the Holy Ghost working within you that is the hope of God um, and that it will abound in you. Uh, this will give, this, give joy and peace in believing. That only, once again, you know, it talks, you know, I pray a lot about, you know, God giving me faith. And uh, He has. And um, through that faith and that hope, and, and the joy and the peace of it, there's joy and peace that comes from it, really. And it's God of hope. And he's, the Holy Ghost certainly does that for me. So um, I can't, I can't see it. You know, as someone who spent a lot of his time as an adult, you know, studying a lot of these health self-help books. Well, I can tell you that I, Mike Adams didn't, uh, through his great efforts of the power of positive thinking and et cetera, bring about great hope. <laughs> uh, or uh, joy or peace. I can only say that the power of the Holy Ghost is not that. Um, 14. And I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able also to admonish one another. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. I have therefore whereof I may glory through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. Yeah, can we stop there for a second? You know, we've talked about this before, but you know, it's kind of good to put ourselves back in that time of history and, and and pretend as though we were a Jew. I mean, up into this time, that the Jews had only known, by and large, uh, the ministry of Christ. They had had the prophets, and they had been <clears throat> recipients of God's grace down through history. And God had granted to them, you know, kings, which they... He said they lusted after, you know, and, and they then after he delivered them out of Egypt, uh, they lusted after flesh, and he gave them quail, and and then they they were they were murmuring against Moses, so he gave them manna, and 
you know, and then they got thirsty and he gave them water out of the rock. But the point is that these, this nation of Israel um, had been the recipients of God's mercy and some of them had been recipients of God's grace, redeeming grace. And so whenever we talk about grace, we're talking about redemption. That's the difference. I can show, um, I can show Michael Adams uh, mercy, but I can't show Michael Adams grace <laughs> because I don't have the power to redeem Michael Adams. Only, only Christ has the power to redeem Michael Adams. <clears throat> you know, and so, and likewise Larry Phillips and anybody else that he chooses to redeem. So what he's saying here is, you know, we have to think about this. These Jews now, all of a sudden, Paul's coming on the scene, and, you know, we know that Peter was spoken to with the sheet coming down and says, you know, rise and eat and so on. And so he was appointed, he was proven by the Holy Spirit uh, Peter was proven too that the Gentiles were recipients of this. But what, what I see Paul doing here is affirming and confirming that everything, he, in fact, if you look, he says actually in verse uh, 16 that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God that the offering up the Gentiles might be acceptable being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. In other words, he's telling these Jews, don't come around here and saying, you know, Paul's preaching a false doctrine because now he's trying to bring all the Gentiles in. <laughs> you know, that, that's the way I see it. In other words, he is, he is confirming everything he says in verse 17 are pertaining to God through Jesus Christ. And uh, he says, I... You know, verse 18, I dare not speak of those things which Christ has not wrought by me. <laughs> okay, in other words, don't even think about coming against me with the allegations and charges that I am proclaiming the gospel to the Gentiles and I have no right to do so. And uh, I'm sure that was a hard, hard thing for some of those Jews to take because, you know, they... I mean, even if you think about the Jews and the Samaritans, you know, the Jews looked down on even the Samaritans. They were called basically dogs, you know. Remember the lady at Samaria, Samaria saying to Jesus, you know, we, you know, we have no dealings with, the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. In other words, why are you talking to me, you know? So right. anyway, this was, this was a big, big deal. It was a big deal that the Gentiles now, were being brought in. It's interesting the the racist element to all this too. Um, yeah, I mean, it's if one is honest, there. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, you, everything's been reversed. So through this, yes, it has. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, the anti-Semitism and all that stuff. So we can go down that road, but it certainly makes one think about it. And we should, uh, should talk about it honestly. Not in condemnation of all people who are quote unquote call themselves Jews, but the fact that if you today think that somehow you're better than uh, all of other God's elect, other children is other elect, then you really have missed the boat. So, well, my wife, my wife <laughs> is, you know, her her grandfather, her grandfather's name is Ephraim Wampler. 
draw your own conclusions. <laughs> okay. right. And uh, I used to kid around with Rose Rosette because, you know, since she has Jew, physical Jewish blood in her. And I said, you know what? God had mercy on you even, even spite the fact that you're Jewish, you know. So it's amazing how man uses racism as a a tool. What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Well, back into this. um, Nineteen through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about unto. um, uh, (laughs) Say this for me. Billy Rico. Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Yea, so have I strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see, and they that have not heard shall understand for which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you. But now having no more place in these parts and having a great desire these many years to come unto you, whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you, for I trust to see you in my journey and to be brought on my way Hither word by you. At first, I'd be somewhat filled with your company. But now I go unto Jerusalem to minister unto the saints. For it hath pleased them that Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which were at Jerusalem. It has pleased them verily, their debtors they are, and their debtors they are. For are the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. When therefore I perform this, and have sealed to them this fruit, I will come by you in in Spain. I am sure that when I come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessings of the gospel of Christ. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit that ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me, that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea. And that my service, which I have for Jerusalem, may be accepted of the saints. That I may come unto you with joy by the will of God, and may with you be refreshed. Now the the God of peace be with you all. Amen. I find verse 31 really fascinating. He asked in their prayers that they might pray that he might be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea. And uh, that's really interesting. 
I don't think he's talking just about the fact that those in Judea don't believe that the Gentiles should have the gospel. I think he's talking in a broader sense that, you know, that that they would pray that he might be delivered from those in Judea who are unbelievers. In other words, who are, he didn't say, he didn't use the word reprobates, but <clears throat> now, uh, my, I, I just pose a question. I'm, I don't know that I have the answer. Um, but if he, if it's appropriate for Paul to request prayers for him in that regard, is it is it okay for us to request? In other words, would it be okay for me to request that you pray that I might be uh, delivered from unbelievers in Weatherby <laughs> or unbelievers in Pineville? You know, just a I, question. I don't, I don't know why that would not be all right. What would be yeah. wrong? I I I I don't think it would be. Uh, I just I'm just. You know, there's so many people out there. You hear, you know, there's another, there's another, you know, <laughs> so many people don't qualify when he talks about prayers and supplications should be made to all men, for all men, right? But uh-huh. it doesn't say what you pray. <laughs> In other words, uh, David prayed that he would be delivered from his enemies, you know. Um, Jesus Christ himself prayed that this cup would pass from him, but not my will, thy will be done. And I look at other people's prayers down through uh, the Bible, and <clears throat> it's amazing sometimes what they pray. You know, we, I think Arminians specifically, often think that prayers always have to be, uh, in other words, praying to, praying for the salvation of somebody. Now, I have a, another question followed by my last question. Um, is it ever appropriate to pray for reprobates to be saved? I don't think so. That's trying to pray to circumvent God's will, isn't it? That's an interesting question. It's a very good yeah. point. Um, the only, I guess the only challenge in there is, would be, are we making a mistake by deciding who is... No, but I mean, I'm not talking specifically now. I'm not talking right. about my name. But for an example, let's just say that uh, uh, you know we're in a prayer meeting and we pray that you know, Lord, we pray that you would uh, save you know save all those who have, who have not come to you. <laughs> that's not that's not a correct or save you know save all the save all the sinners. Well. Well, maybe the better uh, way of going about it would be praising him for the fact that he is. Praising yes. him—that's probably the better way. It demonstrates a doubt of his sovereignty and that he's already that he has not done what he said he's done. So, as we know, the study of election and seeing that throughout the, the whole Bible, that from the foundation of the world, that God's already chosen his elect. So he and and our Lord Savior hasn't lost any of his sheep and never will uh, it's not a concern that we should have about who is going to be saved because God's already done that you know I find it really interesting and, and this is really a good good discussion because you know I've had a lot of people call me up you know on the phone or email me and they'll say you're so in, you're such a hard shell absoluter 
you know, Cal, high Calvinist, hyper Calvinist. You know, why pray? Why even pray? God's already predestinated everything that's going to happen anyway. So why pray? You know, well, the answer is one: God has commanded us to do so. But here we see, in verse thirty, he says, "I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake, and for the love of the Spirit." that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. I mean, we know that God had already called Paul, and he was He was going to preserve him to the end, and that he was going to work everything out, uh, work all things to his good, because he'd called him. Uh, why, is, why is Paul asking these people to strive together in his prayers to God? Well, he says, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake, and the love of the Spirit is his is his answer, but I just find that really interesting, you know. I say, yeah, this is interesting because as a better um, instead of thinking about self so much, once again, it's about Him. So, right, it, right. You know, exalting our Lord Savior Jesus Christ, and it's not about us. And uh, it has it has to be that attitude uh, when one reduces, and God will reduce you. <laughs> that uh, that you you accept it for because that's what God wants, and He's God and you're not, and it's a hard thing to deal be- with because of our conditioning and fallen state and being so self-centered and conditioned for all life. It's all about I I I I myself myself, <laughs> and then you're saying God, I mean I got to put you first, and okay I'll do that, and then oh wait a minute, wait whoa. I didn't know what you actually meant by that, God, putting you first. You mean I really have to decrease? That I really, my self-importance is like really going to go downhill and <clears throat> all the things that were about me no matter matter anymore, you know? Somebody was a, a musician and an artist and a womanizer and a guy of the world, and here I am now. Well, the only thing that really matters is I get up and somehow get to the uh, the headset so I can talk to Larry to do this show. That's what <laughs> Why is that? You know, why is that? Because, um, I mean, I do enjoy my company with you. Absolutely. And I enjoy doing this. But, and yeah, I definitely get uh, a relief from the pain and suffering. But is that the reason why I'm doing it? I don't think so. If I no, look at why you're doing, why are you doing what, you know, what you're doing, Larry? Do you have much choice in the matter? <laughs> <laughs> really, honestly, at this point, I mean, you could. Well, but I think it's like we man. It's like we've talked so many times. You know, we know that God is the one who um, is in charge of everything, including the desires that are placed within our heart as His elect, and you know. We we see a change in our in our desires since our spiritual life has happened. It's been uh, quite a, quite an assurance to us and quite a uh, evidence of our faith and our election and so on. But I, I find also that there's something else too that God has so orchestrated things that uh, He. He does give blessings to us in fellowship with others. 
there's tremendous blessing in that. It's like it's edification. You know, the first verse of this, the very first verse of this reading is, uh, he he exhorts us, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves, you know. And so what I find as far as edification goes, my experience has been often that I am most edified, you know, when I am in the company and fellowship of a person of like faith. I'm not very edified when I'm out amongst the world. That's not a very edifying experience. I, I, I love my maintenance man. Um, it does my work on my rental properties. Today I spent, you know, almost three hours with him on the road and unloading a refrigerator and unloading a stove and and conversation around the things of this world. You know, on the way over there and back. I didn't enjoy that that fellowship really i mean i tried to be you know uplifting and and kind and all that but it's it's totally different <laughs> you know and you know when he's in two is he talking about is he talking about a neighbor in christ or is he talking about a neighbor in general let every one of us please his neighbor for his good edification i don't i don't i think he's talking about those you know uh, primarily within the body of Christ there, but I think we are to try to edify our neighbor and to, uh, you know, as much as possible, live peaceably with all men. Um, but it's hard. The reason I say I think he's talking to neighbors in Christ here is evidenced by the fact that he's talking here about being like-minded one toward another. And it's my experience that I cannot be like-minded with Rob. And Rob will tell you he can't be like-minded with me. In fact, Rob told me one time, he says, you know, Larry, if I, you know, wasn't working for you and making money for you, with you, and uh, didn't have that relationship, and it was just we met on the streets, I'd probably never want to talk to you. (laughs) You He has a different priority. He has different, you know, his whole thing is, you know, Playing the lottery and and you know playing Black Sabbath and uh, he's got you know his and he'll admit it his God is his music you know that's his that's his music that's his God so but in verse six it's hard it says that you may be one mind and one mouth glorify God that's not going to happen with those who are not in the faith you know but there's a special special fellowship. Those who are, you know, but you know, Larry, come. going back to that, uh, seeing that difference in how when you uh, like with me and, and you, we feel edified by reading the Word of God and talking about it. Have you always been that way, deep down inside? Because I'm not thinking no. about it. There, there was times when I was, and I was really agitated about it. But deep down inside, sometimes I feel when I look retrospect. Yeah, my behavior said one thing, but when I tried to hang out with, you know, being a musician and all that, you know, hanging out no. with musicians, never fit in, no matter how hard I Well, tried. I think there is that. I think for the elect, there is that. In fact, I remember <clears throat> one of the fellows that I went to school with, um, I hung out, and he was kind of a friend, and we listened to music together, and we did this and that and the other. But as he became more debauched, 
I started withdrawing from him. He became very much involved in the drug scene and and all of that stuff, and I never got involved in that. And I think that it was the restraining power of the Holy Spirit, even even though I hadn't come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ yet, I was still restrained to a certain extent. I don't know if that yeah. makes sense, but well, and it's, maybe it comes back to us uh, part of this being one of the elect and being predestined to be where we're at today, is because when you look at my own journey and I look at uh, what's happened to me and all the people I've associated with and many of my old friends, which are not my friends at all anymore, not by my choosing at all. Um, um, I mean, I wanted to be their friends. I wanted to associate with them. I wanted to. Uh, be accepted by the world, and um, it didn't want to accept me. And yeah. uh, I have to say yeah. that God had to be part of that, um, that he had to, you know, make it so they're never quite gelled with anybody, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. The world right. goes. Because if I got what I wanted, you know, you, you and I would not be talking. Right. I, I'd be talking with some, you know, you know well, you know, my guitar slinging heroes, you know what I mean, and all that kind of stuff. Right. And uh, and but the same token, you know, it's when I talk to someone like you, a brother in Christ, it's much different, much, much, much more edifying, different than when I talk to somebody who's a religious zealot, like a Mormon or a, a Roman Catholic or something like that, or. A, and that's just, and then I'm just picking on those two groups. You know what I'm saying? When you when you're with yeah. a, a religious person, and they push that their religion on you instead of the the gospel, it's a drag. It's an absolute drag. And I just wondered, you know, looking at our journey and uh, looking at Paul's journey. What has happened with with Paul? And uh, here's this. He's a religious celt of the par none, you know what I mean? And here he is saying, okay, <laughs> uh, the gospel's for everybody, you know what I mean? It's, or as far as his elect, his, uh, right. his children, and it has nothing to do with the Jews, and it has nothing to do with these ceremonies and these feasts and all these other things that they do. Let's just talk about, you know, the God of hope. Well, you know, and, and there is a distinction. <laughs> there is a huge distinction. In fact, uh, in the next chapter, we're going to see him drawing that distinction. In fact, we'll just look at two verses in chapter sixteen to to show how he's addressing the very thing that you're you're talking about. In verse seventeen, he says, "I beseech you, brethren." Verse uh, uh, chapter sixteen of Romans, uh, uh, verse seventeen, eighteen. Now, I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good works and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Now that, to me, is what you were describing of those in religions of works doctrine. You know, they, by good words and fair speeches. <laughs> That's a really good way of saying Good words and fair speeches, you know? Um, and that seems to be the modern-day church, the contemporary yeah. era of what they call the rationalist church or whatever. The, uh, yeah. 
as it is of today. Um, so I, I feel tempted about just plugging along and just finishing it up. That's fine. You? Let's I'm, do it. I'm good. You, you know, that's another, that's another worldly expression that I have had to really check myself using. You know, you go into the restaurant and the waitress comes out and she goes, you need more coffee? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> There's nothing good in me. What am I saying? I'm good. <laughs> uh, but at least you're laughing about it. <laughs> yeah. So I'll tell you what, um, I'll let you, if you don't mind, do the reading, and um, we'll okay. finish up this six, the uh, chapter 16. We'll be done with Romans, and then we can, next time, with our studies, we'll get into Isaiah. So. Great. Verse 1, I commend you unto you, Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is a uh, centuria, that you receive her in the Lord as become a saints, and that ye assist her in whatsoever business she hath need of you. For she hath been a sucker of many, and of myself also. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house, in a house church here. Salute my well-beloved Epinetus, who is the firstfruits of Achaia, unto Christ. Greet Mary, who bestowed much labor on us. Salute Andronicus and Yania, my kinsmen, and my fellow prisoners who are of note among the apostles who also were in Christ before me. Greet Ampipolis, my beloved in the Lord. Salute Urbane, our helper in Christ, and Stachus, my beloved, Salute Apellus, approved of Christ. Salute them which are of Aristobulus' household. Salute Herodian, my kinsman. He's got several kinsmen. Greet them that be of the household of Narcissus, which are in the Lord. Salute Tryphenia and Tryphosa, who labored in the Lord. Salute the beloved Persis, which labored much in the Lord. Salute Rufus chosen in the Lord, and his mother and mine. Salute Asencretus, Philegion, Hermas, Petrobus, Hermes, and the brethren which are with them. Salute Philogus and Elia, Nereus and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints which are with them. Salute one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ salute you. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause division of offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good works and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience is come unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf. But yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. Really interesting scripture we might want to talk about later. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Timotheus, my work fellow, and Lucius, interesting name, and Jason and Sosipater, my kinsman, another kinsman, salute you. I, Tertullius, who wrote this epistle, salute you in the Lord. Gaius, my host, and the whole church saluted you. Erastus, the chamberlain of the city, saluted you. And Cordus, a brother, 
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Now to him that is of the power of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began but now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandments of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith to the God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Written to the Romans from Corinthus and sent by Phoebe, servant of the church at Centuria. <laughs> and, well, thanks for doing that. And, you know, for the reasons I, because you're a faster reader than me, we just got through all the salutations part. So, so we can go to the meat now, which you started with uh, earlier with verse 17 and 18. <clears throat> And then you wanted to go to 19. And I definitely would like to talk a little more about 20 and um, then the end of it. So yeah. you wanted to talk about 19 here. For your your beatus is come abroad unto all men. I am glad they're, they're up for on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise uh, unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. Yeah, I find that just phenomenally interesting the way he said that. He wants them to be wise <laughs> on what is good and simple concerning evil. You know, and of course, you know, uh, uh, you know, I've heard many, many different <laughs> renditions of that. You know, I've heard some people say, "Well, you're not." You just don't dwell on evil. Don't dwell on evil. That's not what he says. He wants people to be simple concerning evil. And see, my my understanding of that would mean that look, it's real simple. God is sovereign over evil. That's what's simple. That's simple to understand. People say, well, why did God, you know, create a vessels of wrath fitted for destruction? It's simple. He answers it, that my name might be declared throughout the whole earth. For this very same purpose, I raised thee up, to show my power in thee. Okay? So I, that's the way I would explain it. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying that's, that's one person's opinion. Wise unto that which is good. I mean, <clears throat> it's certainly not the wisdom of men he's talking about here. You know, because he says that the foolishness of God is wiser than man. So he's, he's speaking of spiritual wisdom. And uh, it all goes back to um, you know, the fact that he is saying that they should mark those that are causing in verse 17, that are causing offenses, divisions, and offenses contrary to the doctrine. And the doctrine he's talking about is the gospel. And so if someone is coming in and amongst them that's preaching <clears throat> preaching something that's not grace, sovereign grace doctrine, Christ came in the world to save sinners and he chose us in him before the foundation of the world and they're by fair speeches and good words um, deceiving the hearts of the simple um, 
You know, it's interesting. He used the word simple in verse 18, speaking about those in deception and simple concerning evil. Um, But anyway, the thing that is most important, I think, is he says that those that are teaching these things, that we're to avoid them. We're to avoid them. Now, I had something happen this morning. Um, I, I'm still kind of in, amazed about this. Uh, I got an email from someone. I'm not going to mention any names, but I got an email from someone who is very well known in a lot of circles in the Sovereign Grace camp. And I'm still trying to understand his motive you know, for writing this. But he sent he sent me a link to some of Rex Humbard's old old messages, where Rex Humbard was presenting Jesus Christ crucified and so on, and he said that it, he believed that the Spirit of God used Rex Humbard's messages to start planting seeds to bring him to faith. Okay. Now, of course, Rex Humbart changed over the years, just like a lot of other people. I mean, Rex Humbart never preached election. He denied the predestination. He denied all the tenets of the biblical faith, except for death, burial, and resurrection, death, burial, and resurrection. Okay? And I, I sometimes you know, tell people, you know, I'm sick of the DVR theology. I believe in all of it. I do believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. But there's a lot more than the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. You know, there's there's predestination, there's election, there's being chosen in him before the foundation of the world, and so on and so on. You know, there's perseverance of the saints. Rex Humbart denied the original doctrine of original sin. Rex Humbart denied... uh, Unconditional election, Rex Humbart denied particular redemption, he denied irresistible grace, and he denied the final perseverance of the saints. And so my question is, well, now, if the Scripture says here, if someone comes in unto you, and, you know, they are, they are causing divisions contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, avoid them. What was his motive for? And he was saying, you know, God is sovereign. God was sovereign over bringing Rex Humbard in my life, and he spoke to Rex, my heart through Rex Humbard's messages. I, I struck. I just deleted it. Okay, I deleted the email. Okay, and I really don't want to promote. Rex Humbard, any any of my friends, I don't want them to get the wrong message any more than I want people to uphold the Arminian doctrine of... I don't want them to uphold the Arminian doctrine of Rex Humbard any more than I want them to uphold the Arminian doctrine of the Southern Baptist Church. You say, well, aren't you being a little bit... No. You know, it's... it's it, <laughs> and the, we've talked about this before in the Revelation. It says if anyone, you know... Um, removes any of this doctrine or adds to any of this doctrine, you know, their name will be taken from the Lamb's name. And a lot of people say that only applies to Revelation and so on. But anyway, that's my spiel on that. Now I'm going to shut up. <laughs> Let you get your thoughts on it. 
Well, it's obviously, you know, end of it, you know, he's talking about uh, that the gospel, let's see, let's read this again so I don't just misquote it. It says, and the God of peace, this is now not 20, God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Tying it that end with 17, 18, and 19. Right. And so we have this, this is, this, you know, we're looking at these offenses, uh, divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them. And um, so th- this is an extremely important, uh, uh, I think, message and moment, if you will, simply because he's, he's giving the answer to the problems of uh, that the world, I guess, uh, why, or why the world is, is facing it a little bit. As far as God's elect, his children, what the answer is. That right. you know, our our mission here, uh, serving the God, the peace, is to bruise Satan under the church, if you will, the, right. the church. Right. This uh, this the pure gospel of Jesus Christ is what's going to and is will conquer the deception, the lies that come out of all this false religion. So, absolutely, he repeats, he repeats it again in verse twenty four. Uh, grace of our Lord Jesus Christ <laughs> be with you. Uh, now to him that is of the power to, to establish you according to my gospel, the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the, the world began. I guess one of the things that might be asked is, like, what does Paul mean by my gospel? Well, I think it has to do with his teachings. You know, in other words, all through his epistles, you know, what is his gospel? What is Paul's? What is the gospel according to Paul? (laughs) Everybody talks about the gospel according to Jesus Christ. What is the gospel according to Paul? The same as the gospel according to Jesus Christ. You know, I mean, Paul basically aligns with the teachings of Christ. You know, Christ taught in Romans. I mean, John 6, his gospel. John 10, his gospel. John 3, his gospel. John 17, his gospel. Paul taught the same gospel in Romans 8, Romans 9, Ephesians 1 and 2. Peter taught the same gospel in Peter, 1 Peter 1, 2 Peter 1 and 2. Jude taught the same gospel. Um, you know... The book of Revelation teaches the same gospel. Um, Isaiah taught the same gospel. Uh, you know, the, the, all the way through the Bible, we see a consistent gospel. Now, we've, I've heard Armenians say gospel means good news. It does. That's what the word term means, good news. But the good news is for God's elect. It's not for the whole world without exception. That's universalism. You know, when you when you hear Billy Graham get up and say, you know, I have good news for everybody in this stadium. Jesus loves you and he died for your sins. That's a lie. And you, he'll never convince me that that is true. 
that Jesus died for every all those 50,000 people in the that in that stadium and he loves them all. I don't believe that. You know, broad is the way that leads to destruction. <clears throat> now, if Billy Graham got up in that 50,000 stadium and said, "Hey, I've got good news. Jesus Christ came in the world to save sinners for whom I am chief." And uh, you know, do you recognize your need of a savior? Are you a desperate, despicable, dead in your trespasses and sin sinner? You know, um, have have you been shown that you are without hope and without God in the world? That's a different gospel. Okay, that's a total different gospel. But the gospel that Rex Humbart preached was he had this little heart, and he'd show it on his TV show. And it was God loves you and so do I. Kind of like Sheila. Go ahead if you need to catch that. But, uh, anyway, the gospel is good news to God's uh, people who have been chosen in him from the foundation of the world to be raised to life and be uh, given faith and repentance to believe. Larry? Uh, yes. Hold on a second. I Christopher on the phone. Oh, good, uh, good. Christopher, <clears throat> hang up and I'll call you back via Skype and you can join us. Oh, are you on Skype? Let me put my Skype on. Uh, I, don't know the, I don't know how to get connected with you, though. I uh, should be able to call you your phone. Oh, here's my Skype number. Okay. Ready? Hold on a second. Okay. Sorry about that, Larry. Uh, we were just finishing up uh, Romans 16, so there you go. On, uh, on my favorite site, uh, Sermon Audio. Cool. Uh, give, give, us, give us your Skype number and we'll call you in. Here's my Skype number. It's, uh, it's C-H-R-I-S dot D-U-R-N-E-R-I-N. Chris dot Dernerin. D-U-R-N-E-R. I am. Let me put uh, Republic Broadcasting on. Would you give me five minutes? Uh, five minutes? Sure, I can. Sure, why not? Yeah, brother, because I need to. Let me put this. Well, I can do this real quick here. Okay. Uh, let me this on. So, well, I will hang up on you and I will call you back and Skype or contact you. What I'll do is I'll, I will make a contact request. You accept it, okay. and then it goes from there. So, okay. That will be on Skype. That won't be emailed. That goes on Skype, right? Okay. Right, I'll just click. But yeah, there'll be a little. will be a little uh, notation down at the at the baseline. There you go. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I haven't been on Skype for a while, but mine's functioning. Okay. So I'll just have to plug in my. Uh, maybe I'll just do it with my laptop. I don't know. Okay. But in any event, yeah. Give me. Uh, give me five. Uh, Michael. Okay. Right? We'll do that. Okay. Okay. Well, that's All one right. of those days and one of those shows where you get phone calls left and right. But uh, I'm going to, while you're talking, I will. Um, well, yeah, we basically covered uh, chapter 16 now, and we're going to be next time. 
starting in the first chapter of Isaiah, and we'll just start plodding our way through uh, the wonderful, wonderful prophet Isaiah, who brought so much comfort to me in times of great trepidation, I must say. In fact, I want to shake Brother Isaiah's hand when I get to heaven. I want to hug his <laughs> neck. <laughs> I do. I want to. I want to. I want to have a little. I want to go on a little hike with Isaiah in the New Jerusalem, because I'll tell you what he has been such an inspiration to me, and obviously God ordained him to be a blessing to Larry Phillips. And I don't know how many times I've sp- I've done many many messages. In fact, if you go to Sermon Audio and you put in Isaiah, you're going to get your boat loaded <laughs> because I pre- preached many, busy, not preached, but I've brought many, many Bible studies on the book of Isaiah. Um, you know, I love his language about, you know, we're less than grasshoppers, and, you know, who, who who have been his counselor, who has said unto him, what doest thou, and on and on and on. But we're going to get into that. And I think we'll find it really, really exciting. Um, I think Chris, Chris did not give me his proper. Well, uh, can you just you can you just try calling? Well, we'll give him five minutes. Can you just try calling his number again, possibly? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he'll answer. Maybe he'll answer on his number. I think it's been a while since he's been on Skype. He's like me. He's probably not real. You know, you know how it is. You know how you know how us old guys are. <laughs> uh, I can't use that excuse for me. So. Oh well, I use well, it. Every, I try to get all the leverage out of it I can, brother. <laughs> I mean, I remember the first time. I, I remember the first time I was in a restaurant and someone asked me if I wanted my senior citizens discount. And I got uh, no. What makes you think I'm a citizen, uh, senior citizen? Now I ask if they have a senior citizen discount. <laughs> wow, how we change. Wow, how we change. Let's see, contest, contest. Um, great new one. Great, great. Great contest. I want this, folks. So. Anyway, if you guys uh, want to have a real blessing, uh, I'd like to make a suggestion. Um, If you go and read the first three chapters of Isaiah in advance before we even start doing them, you'll get a lot more out of it. I can tell you that if you pre-read it. Um, And, you know, I would recommend that you do that. I'll just go first first chapter of Isaiah, and and as you go through that, <clears throat> that chapter, you know, you, you realize the first chapter is talking about a vision Isaiah had, you know, and I just want to read the second verse. It says, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. <laughs> I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass, whoops, (laughs) the ass his master's crib, but Israel doth not know, my people doth not consider. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, 
a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. The Lord, they have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. That's the way he starts out, man. I mean, he's powerful. Powerful teacher. Or a powerful prophet. You know, why should ye be stricken anymore? You, re, you will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faint. <laughs> From the sole of the foot, even under the head, there's no soundness in, in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores that have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Wow. I mean, you can just see this guy is, what a tremendous tremendous ministry God has given him. The ninth verse of that chapter, he says, Except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. Hear ye the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. And he goes down in the 11th verse. He says, I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of goats. He goes. And uh, he even comes against these people that are really into, (laughs) verse 13, bring no more vain oblations. Incense is abomination to me. New moons and Sabbaths. The calling of assemblies, I can't, I cannot away with it. It's iniquity. Even the solemn meetings, your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hateth. They're a trouble unto me. I'm weary to better them, you know. So he um, he gets right down to the nitty gritty, you know. He he deals with the reality of it. And, um, you know, he on the 27th verse, he says, Zion shall be redeemed with judgment and her converts with righteousness. Are you back with me, Mike? I'm with you. I just, uh, Chris Did you gave try me to the, call him? Chris gave me the wrong him? Skype, and so I'm trying to call him via Skype. It's phone number, but he gave me the wrong Skype information. There is no such thing as what he sent me, so. Okay. There's, well, there's let no... me go see if let me go I'll just go look him up in the email and see yeah. if he's corresponded to me that way maybe he'll call back in if he calls back in you can't you can't because he you've got to initiate it right mm. yeah but he can call me That's back by a home number but uh, uh, it doesn't work it doesn't work let's get him next time but right. uh, at least at least we've contacted you, Chris, and we appreciate you listening into the uh, show. And yeah, and, and if you're listening, Chris, call back, call back in or answer the number. Uh, we're gonna give. We're not gonna give up this quite this easy. Uh, I know that this guy on the other end is. Uh, he's already proved his tenacity. <laughs> I'm pretty tenacious, <laughs> and we'd like to. We'd like to have a little fellowship with you. Um, I'm going to my email to try to see. 
I don't think there's anything new coming in. I, oh, I got Michael Donnie. He was trying to give me some information. Um, let's see what I've got here with Mr. Craig or Chris. I don't know why I keep calling him Craig. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll just pick up his phone number and that will be it. But if he doesn't, there's not much we can do about it. So. Um, this time around. And after that. Hello? Hello, Chris. Well, good. Hi, who's uh, this? Larry? Larry and yeah. Mike. They had, Hi, problems. They had problems. Hi, brothers. Hi, Hi, Chris. We had problems with the Skype. Uh, I didn't. I don't think he gave me the right information, but... Here, here it is, all lowercase. It's C-H-R-I-S dot. Make sure you put a period there. Did that. Dernerin. Just phonetically like it's like it sounds. D-U-R, D is in David, D-U-R-N-E-R-I-N. I have my laptop set up. Oh, I'll try to get it over the tape over the, uh, over the camera lens. <laughs> I have, uh, I've got you, I'm online, and if you call, if you make a request, I'll see it, and then I'll go ahead and call you back. It, it must right, be we'll on talk. your end, because my lap works great. I've got uh, a good connection, and so forth. What, how did you have my name? Oh, one word, lowercase, with a dot between the first and last name. Yep. And here we go. We'll give, we'll give it another sh- uh, shot. S- and, sending uh, you the request right now. It should take a couple seconds throughout the ether to show up. And uh, we'll Okay. It should be Michael. Right here, I heard, I heard, here's a recent. Got it. Got recent. Michael click on Adams. It. it says recent one. I just left-clicked it. Okay, recent one. That's you. Michael Adams sent you a contact request. Let me click on that. And let me accept it, brother. This is not like accepting Jesus. That formula (laughs) is not in the book, Michael. <laughs> okay, Chris Chris Derner in a shared contact with Michael. You were able to get Michael Space Adams in there as a Skype name. It hasn't it wasn't taken up. Uh, it's, it's Michael uh, Dot Adams, just like yours. Kind There's no dot on yours. Mine has a it, dot. Yeah, you have a space. I have a space. I know, but it's the, There's no dot there. Oh, 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 no, 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 Michael. You do have you have Michael Space Adams, all lowercase, two separate words because of the space, and you have a dot after the S in Adams. That's where the dot is, the period. Okay? Okay. I have my dot between my first and last name. That's my short last name. I, I'm actually Christopher. I just did it for short, you know. Sure. They have enough trouble with my last name. It, phonetically, it's really easy. But uh, my grandfather was uh, uh, out of Bordeaux, France, and uh, that's the, that's a French name, and uh, you know, and uh, everybody else is uh, English, German, and uh, well, French well, Canadian. Well, well, Chris, yes. now, and I got your uh, Skype number, so 
We should be talking to you via Skype and your phone. Yeah, you know, I want you. I want to see you guys. So why don't you <laughs> hang up your hang up your phone and we'll call you in. Okay, very good. Okay. Okay, let's see if this works out this time. What's going on there? Hello? You there, Larry? I'm here. Okay. I don't know what the heck's going on there. But you're there, right? I'm here, I'm here. That's your group. He says, don't. I don't think he set up for the Skype. This is interesting. The things that happen. Yeah. So, Chris has well, a strong voice. Very strong voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's funny. He's. He's very. He got a tremendous sense of humor too. Once you get to know him, he. So how long have you uh, known Chris? I did. I just like I say, just call once. I had an I had an hour and a half conversation with him, and he was really just wanting fellowship. And uh, Chris, if you can hear this, if you can call back in, we're not being able to. Um, we can't access your Skype for some reason. We don't know if it's not set up or what. But we're both talking on Skype, so we know our Skype is working. And so, um, it's been blocked for some reason. It, it's got a block or something on it, but I there's no reason. With that, I got a question for you. If you call him on Skype, it doesn't cost you anything, right? If you call no. his home number again, why don't you just call him back on his home number and say, "Let's just talk for a little bit on until we get the Skype thing to, taken care of." Why don't we just talk for him a little bit instead of trying to do it? Through Skype. And then I'm going to have to try to, in a little bit too, in probably 15, 20 minutes, I'm going to have to uh, try to leave the joint and go to check on my mom. That's fine. This time we got 10 minutes to talk to him. So contacts. Let's try it again. My brain's not working very well, Larry. I'm sorry. That's all not, right. Not working very well at all, of course. Do, 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 do. What we could do is end the call and just call him so he's not on the broadcast. You know, yeah, complete, let's do that. Let's do that. Complete let's our that. call, yeah. Okay, folks, since the end of the broadcast, sorry for the last 20 minutes and that kind of stuff, but I'm going to end it, uh, terminate it, call you both back. How's that? I'll call you both back. All right. All right. All right. Sounds good.